From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, guess the sched. Schedule's dropping later today, but Corey and I are going to give our best shot at what we think it's going to look like when it drops at 7 o'clock. we got a recruiting wrap-up, and we'll talk a little bit of hoops. Wake Up War Champ is presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com is the website. It's Monday. You know what the daily lunch special is. It's a victory burger. So if you're a Chiefs fan, Eagles fan, fly, Eagles fly, Chiefs kingdom, whatever, head over to the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill and make your own hamburger. Choice Angus beef in that patty. It's delicious. $8.99 from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Shout out to Corey Clark being here, stepping away from his television as uh, the number one show in America, apparently. Fire Country is airing as we record this. Mm. Corey, thanks for being here. Appreciate it, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I was. Uh, I'm recording it, so I'll get. I'll be sure to catch it. Actually, okay. Stephanie told me it wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, she watched the first episode, which I think is kind of crazy. All this stuff out there, and she's watching a CBS drama about fire prevention. But whatever, it might be awesome. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Hey, speaking of corner pocket, real quick before we get started, absolutely. Uh, not only uh, I, I just happened to see on Saturday night, um, Ed and Courtney Limix. Let's go. Yeah, they're at here corner the, pocket. They're here for the basketball game. Yeah. Yeah, and so we hung out with them, uh, Stephanie and I. I mean, Stephanie's always the glue, right? She right. gets everybody to Absolutely. hang out. But I would guess a couple hours we hung out with them at a, a pretty late night for the Limet, the Lamox and I felt like. That, they're that, fun I don't folk. think they hang out as late as – they are, they get, but I don't think they they're used loose. to hanging out as late as uh, okay. the Clark the Clarks are. Okay. Clark Gudemans, uh, sorry. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was a good time. We had a good time. Awesome. Warchant.com, Ultimate Seminal Sports Source. Hit the thumbs up. Certainly would appreciate it. Subscribe. To our website, twenty nine ninety nine takes you from this very day, this very moment right now, all the way up until September 1st as you get ready for the season. Uh, by the way, the recruiting wrap-up has already been published on YouTube. So if you're YouTube folk, sorry, I guess, or maybe I won't put it on the YouTube version of the show. Who knows? We'll have to find out. You'll have to find out. Uh, we'll find out at 7 p.m. Seminal Headlines is going to kind of uh, huddle up, if you will, but not really like a full-out show. But the, the three that you love, Jeff, mm. Ira, Corey, no particular order, uh, we'll be live on our YouTube channel at 7 p.m. to react to the ACC dropping their 2023 football schedule. Corey, I think I have in my hand what will be the be the schedule. So I don't know if we have to wait till 7 o'clock. I think I got what's going to happen right in front of me right here, man. You want me to go ahead and let it rip? I mean, do you really? You got some inside info or is this just, no, or this, just uh, speculation? I think this is how the ACC is going to do. This isn't necessarily what I think is the best for Florida State, but obviously they're opening up against LSU. Then they're going to come mm. home and take on Southern Miss. Yeah. I think we get Cuse at home, at Wake, Duke, at BC, then a bye week. Catch our breath. Then we're going to go at Clemson. We'll host Virginia Tech. We will host Miami. We'll hit the road to take on Pitt in our ACC finale. Then we'll take on North Alabama, and then we'll close it out in Gainesville against the Gators. Okay. That's All what right. I got. When you, That's when you got. string them together like that, that really doesn't sound like a hard schedule, does it? I don't even know. Again, I wasn't doing this as like a Florida State perspective of this would be the best possible schedule, the most manageable, just a little bit of kind of they like to throw Clemson there in, in mid-October-ish. Miami hit or miss, but usually in November it seems like you're maybe like the last three out of the four years or whatever. 
Uh, so, yeah, it, it seems fairly manageable. Although I wonder, like, where they're going to – I think Virginia Tech and Duke might get a little bit more front-loaded maybe because there's – maybe there'll be some possible juice there, uh, possible, like, ACC title rematch since those teams kind of have had been better on that other side of the, the, the ledger, if you will, on the other – division although there's no more divisions but like maybe they want to have some sort of juice early on if Virginia Tech has a soft opening and they're three and oh and you get Florida State versus Virginia Tech finally they're both ranked for the first time I don't know ever Uh, almost here in the ACC play so but those are those are the teams for sure we know the team seven o'clock Corey Jeff and I will break it down let you know uh, how it exactly will all play out but yeah man like Duke Virginia Tech Pitt a little more coastal flavor yeah, when you look at the schedule itself, man, it's not you. You can only do so much. I, I were like, what would you say are the the three hardest games? Uh, oh, obviously, nice. Clemson. Yeah, yeah. Pitt at Pitt probably. ACC wise, we're talking about. Uh, yes, clearly. Yeah, okay, ACC wise, and and I guess at Wake because you never beat that team anymore. Are those the three hardest? At Wake, at Pitt, at Clemson. No respect for Miami. Look, you guys, none. I tried to manufacture respect. Hey, for man. You last I mean, year. you none. beat a team by forty-two I points know, and not on their home field, and they fired their OC. Although remains yeah. to be seen. Let's see who they hire. Although I'm kind of kidding about that. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, I agree. Clemson at Pitt and then at Wake Forest. Right now, as we talk, seems to be the, the, the tougher sort of slate. But, man, Pitt's going to have Phil Jerkovic as their quarterback, and Phil Jerkovic really hasn't impressed me. I thought he was supposed to be no, some sort of, no. like, hidden rough gem, but I don't, no. I don't think so, man. So I, I, so I wrote a, uh, a column that will be on the website by the time most people are listening to this, or, or at least cert- shortly thereafter, about, like, just the juggernaut that Florida State is ratings-wise and how important it is to the conference when they're good and I used all those YouTube numbers I think I've talked about on the show before where yeah. like if you if you go by and look at the condensed games mm-hmm. which the ACC does a great job of that by the way like not every conference does that those condensed games that are on YouTube where you can watch uh, they're like 20 to 25 minutes and they're most every play uh, certainly every important play of a game you can cut you can cut out all the 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 minutia of a football broadcast and it's 25 minutes of just straight football Florida State's far and away got the most views like uh, you take the the last five because I did I did it for every school, the last five schools in viewership on YouTube for these condensed games and added up all their games, they still have less views than Florida State's did. Florida State is a juggernaut, mm. and when Florida State is good, it means a lot of eyeballs and a lot of money for this conference. So I wonder what they'll do to try to accentuate that. Mm. Like what's best for the conference clearly is for Florida State and Clemson to play a game that matters where people across the nation will care. So that's what I wonder what will they do anything to try to make and look it's when you look when you hear that schedule it's not a ton of stuff that makes it uneasy. Mm-hmm. But what what's the best avenue? What's the best path to give Florida State and Clemson so when they meet in October, which they always seem to play in October, is it um you know one loss first undefeated or two undefeateds? Mm-hmm. That's what I think uh, they, they need to try to make happen. I don't know how you do that with the schedule necessarily. I also don't know what you do as far as, are you going to make Florida State play on two more Friday nights? Mm-hmm. How, or a Friday night and a Sunday? Like, how is that going to work? I'm, that's what I'm most interested in, is what other what non-Saturday games are they playing besides the LSU one? Yeah, and to your point about sort of accentuating the, the strength of your conference, this will be the first time under new leadership, the Florida State is relevant once again, right? There, this stretch was all under John Swafford, and 
the feeling was they didn't really do a lot of favors for Florida State up in Greensboro back in the day. But now you got like Jim Phillips as a commissioner. I wonder if he'll see the value or maybe there's less sort of anti-FSU bias or however you want to package it to where he maybe, I mean, you know, he can only do, he can do whatever he wants. He's the commissioner, but I don't know how involved he is with scheduling, but I'm sure he's definitely going to try to figure out a way to maybe pin that game as, you know, some sort of primetime game alongside what ABC is going to want to do. So maybe don't do it the third uh, Saturday in October. Maybe you don't want to go head-to-head with Alabama, Tennessee, but, um, you know, give us a window. Give us a primetime window. Let them play on CBS, you know, but that that is going to that's going to have to be the de facto game, right? That's going to be – it doesn't really matter who finishes first, who finishes second, but that's kind of what you're hoping would be – I mean, even that's what, that's what you want as a rematch too, don't you, for the ACC yeah, commissioner core? You absolutely. want to see that game twice, right? Yeah, but, I mean, you can, you can only do so much with the schedule itself about who you play. I just think it's a matter – like, don't make Florida State – or maybe do, I don't know. Does it doesn't matter. I don't know. But don't make uh, Florida State play a short week at Pitt or a short week at Wake Forest. Right. Like, just – Try to take care of them as much as possible, and yeah, I mean, I you know should is that fair? You you need to cater to the teams that matter, and I just told you those. I mean, literally, man, Florida State has like 1.7 million views on YouTube for their condensed games. Wake Forest has 288 thousand for the season. You're talking about it's not even it's not even the same it's not even the same fan base. It's not the same sport. You have one fan base that really really cares, and another one that just is it golf season yet? How's the baseball team? How are my, how how are my dividends doing? Like they they just don't care about football, which is fine. They you still lose to them, so I can make fun of Wake Forest fans all I want. They still beat Florida State every year, but try to give Florida State the best chance to beat. So so you have a national game of importance that matters again with Florida State and Clemson. And I again, it's all it's mainly up to Florida State, right? Like you don't get a. You don't get an excuse like, oh, you had to play Pitt on a Friday night. Poor baby. Yeah. Nobody can win up there. I get that. You just like, you try, don't, don't string together at Pitt, at Wake, at Clemson back-to-back. Maybe give Florida State a week off before Clemson. Maybe make sure some other teams uh, don't have a week off before they play you. Whatever, whatever it takes to try to get those two teams that are going to be the highest-ranked teams in your, uh, in your conference, and quite frankly, the, really the only two teams in your conference that have fan bases that care, Try to get that game to where it matters, where it's a top five showdown, where even if it is Tennessee versus Alabama on the same week, it'll be different time slots and people will be excited about both games hmm. um, because you don't, you can't do much with this home schedule. No, you can't. I, I'll also be interested if they give Florida State a, uh, like, I'm sure the Florida game will be on a Saturday, I it guess. Is. It is, yeah. But will, will, they, will they give another Friday night game, a home game for Florida State? Do we like that or not like that? Because it is, when you're good, like Florida State is, it's, you know, it, people are watching. Mm-hmm. And you have a Heisman contender. Yeah. And, you, you know, if you if if Jordan Travis is playing Syracuse on a Saturday at 3.30, nobody's watching that game that outside, you know, the, the Florida State fan base, clearly, and the huge Syracuse fan base. Nobody's watching that game. If it's Friday night, they're all watching it. And if you're trying to get this kid, uh, so I, I don't know well, what it, they've it's asked It's a Saturday for. game. It, that was a one-off. This, the Florida game is Saturday. We know that. No, yeah. I know that. I'm saying the Syracuse game. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Or the or the Wake game or another gonna... game. Do you, do, you want, do you want another non-Saturday game or two because of, number one, the whole country's watching you. It's good for the portal. Because you're going to try, you're trying to attract kids from the portal. You're also trying to get a lot of eyeballs on your football team and on your quarterback. I was going to ask you this, Corey, along the lines of that. So in my in my reality here, 
We open up, obviously we open up with LSU, and then we play Southern Miss. We know that. I've got home Syracuse, then at Wake Forest. Would you swap, and would you go Sunday against LSU, Southern Miss that next Saturday, and then go on the road Thursday night at Wake Forest so you then have like almost like a quasi-buy that early in the season? I mean, that's, you're, you're playing, that would be three games and I don't know, 13 days or something bizarre like that. No, don't well, they won't, do a thir- they won't do a Because they won't do one at home. They won't do one at home. So that was my whole thing. Like if, I, w- I would think they're going to probably start their first three games at home this season. We'll see again. But like, would you swap that third home game in a row to start the season to go on the road on a Thursday knowing that you'll then have like that, that almost that first bye week and then you get three games and you get your true sort of bye that we, I, I would think would be built in there kind of mid-October, October. I mean, no. If you're asking me, uh, no, I don't want them to play a Saturday game and then a, fr- a, a game six days later. I, that that doesn't bode well for anyone. Um, I, I don't think you should do that to the the. I I don't mind a Friday night game necessarily. It won't be a Thursday night game because they don't do that anymore. They don't want to go up against the NFL, so it'll be a Friday night game. But I don't know, and I don't have a problem necessarily with Friday night games. I would not do it on the you know six days after you've already played. I I just don't think that's good for the sport. I don't think that's good for your team, and I don't I don't think that's something you're going to want to do. Um, but I I don't I, I don't necessarily have a problem. So if you if you want to call it like a pseudo buy, like you yeah. get a bye week and then yeah. you play that next Friday, sure that's fine. But you know we'll we'll see. Again, this if Florida State has a great year or a down year, it's not going to really matter much about the schedule. Probably you can't really say, especially in the ACC. Golly, they just weren't nice. They, they really right. screwed Florida State here. You can't really say that. It's just I do want to see what it looks like um, when, when it comes to road games, those three you know, tougher ones that we've talked about, and then also, um, well, the Miami 2 game, I guess. Like, how close is that to Clemson? And then, um, and then what they do with the non-Saturday games. Because you would think there would have to be one. I wouldn't think it would be a home game, but who knows. That is the thing, though. They've, they've said like they wouldn't do Thursday – because it, it mucked up campus for classes on Friday. But Friday, there's no classes on Saturday. Right. And I can't imagine Michael Alford balking on a Friday night game. I feel like Michael Alford would be like, yes, I'll take a Friday night game on campus. Yeah, I think he, I think that's something you talk to your constituency about, honestly. Like, uh, you know, I, I know he's not emailing boosters and saying, hey, would y'all like a Friday night game? But if, if like Joel most and, of and, your, and, 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 and Shane. And James B. He's correct. Yeah, it then, yeah, so and Ed Limix. Yeah. Those, the, those, that crew, and run it by them and see what they like because they might not. Man, it's it is it is different a Friday night. It it cuts you know part of the fun of coming to a college football game is you come in Friday, you get Friday night, you get Saturday night, and you leave. If the game's on Friday night, now you got to come in Thursday. You got to take off work. It's a different schedule. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't. I I would think if they're going to do a, if they do home games, they want to do them in the normal uh, the normal day. But, you know, maybe somebody talks them into Miami at home on a Friday night. I mean, again, I, I don't think they disliked, and I didn't either, uh, but it was also a holiday weekend. But I don't think they disliked the Florida-Florida State on the Friday night at home. I think that was cool. It helped that they won the game, but the whole country was watching it. It was the most watched. I just wrote it. It was the most watched Friday night game on ABC in 17 years. Like, it got huge numbers for a, for a, for a Friday night football game. But a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people have kids that play high school football. Right. Or, you know, they don't, you know, they don't want to miss their kid's game or not be able to go because they're at a high school football game. So, I don't know. If, I think it's more, they're more uh, open to it if it's on the road because it's like, yeah, if we're playing on the road anyway, we're not screwing our home fans. 
If Wake wants to have us on a Friday night, fine. If Pitt wants to have us on a Friday night, fine. Addendum, Corey. Okay. I'm going to say the three toughest games. Clemson at Pitt, Duke at home. I'm going to put okay. Duke in front of Wake. We don't know what okay. they're going to look without Sam Hartman. Riley Leonard's back there at Duke. Mike Elko might be able might be able to do something to confuse Mike Norvell and Jordan Travis for, I don't know, 22 minutes of a football game. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Duke. That's where we're at okay. America. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's not, it's not the hardest schedule is what Aslan's trying to tell you, no matter how it shakes up and how they, uh, how they organize and arrange these games. It's not going to be uh, that hard a schedule. And I, I'm, you know, obviously the first one, the one you care about the most is Clemson. When, when is that? And then I think most people listening to this, the next one they're going to look at, because it might be the only home game you guys are truly interested in, um, is the Miami game and when that will be. Vitaminenergy.com, promo code WARCHAMP, BOGO, B-O-G-O. Get your order in, buy something, get anything of equal or lesser value for free, courtesy of our good friends over at vitaminenergy.com. They got Knowles at the helm, including a three-time all-ACC trackster. Maybe one day we'll say his name, Corey, but today, not that day. Super packed with vitamins. All the benefits of vitamin energy are packed in one convenient shot. Uh, check out the vitamin D vitamin energy. It's got more vitamin D than three glasses of milk. Who wants to drink three ga- glasses of milk, Corey? Mm, not just take, me. Just take a shot of vitamin energy, vitamin D 100%. It is non-GMO. There's no sugar added. Small package, sizable punch. Check out vitaminenergy.com. Use the promo code WARCHAMPBOGO, B-O-G-O. And again, you'll get a item of equal or lesser value of your order for absolutely free. Looking at the math, again, per shot, it's $250 for the sport, mm. for example. Buy one, get one free. Drops down to a buck and a quarter for up to seven hours of energy without a crash. VitaminEnergy.com, again, promo code WARCHAMPBOGO. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of Clemson, folks are following along through commercial break. Shout out. Appreciate it. Uh, somebody had posted on the wordchant.com Tribal Council on Saturday morning, Corey, about, hey, man, just saw the line over on my bookies. Clemson only giving us two and a half. That's stinky. I'm going to jump mm. all over it and take it. And then a couple of people were like, man, we haven't beat them in like 10 years, and the game is in Clemson. I don't know what I think about that. Quickly had it be corrected and, and known and alerted that it was actually a basketball line because Florida State right. was hosting the top team in the ACC. I couldn't believe it. I was like two and a half. That's crazy. Just shoot. I, I, I don't want us. I, I, I would take Clemson. Give two, I, they'll win by more than two, but they didn't. They only won by one, right. but they still won. Bummer of a game. I don't know the last minute did that tell the entire story of the game. I was actually able to watch a, a, a basketball game in most of its entirety on Saturday. I didn't really have any problems with the way it played out at the end. It just seemed like Florida State had the opportunities to put them away, make a couple more free throws, make a stop or two, didn't go their way. I don't know if we're going to – I don't know if you want to 
say that Matt Cleveland wasn't smart in creating that foul at the end of the game that got Clemson to the line to ultimately help them win. Uh, what, what kind of, you know, did you take away from it, Corey? I know your tweet really said it succinctly about the fact that, I mean, that, that, was a, that would have been a really good win for a team that hasn't had one this season. Uh, so it was kind of a bummer to see that one fall through their fingers. What did you take away? What do you think was uh, the biggest ailment to uh, that result for Florida State? 82-81 Clemson. Yeah, uh, look, man, it was it. It was I was telling Ira afterwards, like that had to be the least painful, heartbreaking, quote unquote, Florida State basketball loss. And I don't know a decade because what did it really matter? Um, you're eight and 14 instead of seven and 15. Like the season is a wash anyway. It was cool that I thought it was cool. And I know people want to roll their eyes and it's silver lining or whatever. But again, I'm just thinking of it at a macro level, like maybe next year, the year after, um, with some of these guys, if they're still on the roster, is, you know, they got absolutely punked on Tuesday night. Like, Miami came in and just dominated them. They wilted. They showed no fight. They showed no, um, well, I'm not going to be rude. They just showed no fight. They just laid down and let a rival come in and just dominate them. Um, laughing and joking the, the other team because they're raining threes and you can't stop them. And you don't care to stop them. And then the next the next game, you're playing a better team and you get down 16 to two. And it's like, well, here we go again. This team has completely given up. They have just completely given up. They've quit on this coaching staff. They've quit on themselves. This culture has been obliterated to the point that it's non-recognizable and just blow it all up. And then they showed some fight, man. And again, I know that's, you know, there are no moral victories at Florida State, but this season's over. It's a wash. It was an over when it was over when they lost their first five or six games or whatever it was. This team is the worst team that he's had. It will be record wise. It might be, I don't know, talent wise, I guess, when you th think about the injuries. So the fact that they came back and took the lead, made that a game, you can say they blew it at the end. I don't know if I'd say that. The only thing I really had a problem with. The whole last, I don't know, two minutes of the game was just they had the sequence before um, before the kind of the last 30 seconds of the game. They had the ball up, I don't know, three maybe? Yeah. And then they get a, a Darren Green kind of corner pump fake yes. trying to draw a foul yeah. three. Yep. yep. I hated that possession. Yep. I hated everything about that possession. Um, other than that, I mean, they got the shots they wanted. Matthew Cleveland, after missing his first six threes, hits the next three. Uh, Baba Miller showed what's in there. Dude, like, Baba had it, a finish. It, he had a finish like he was Tony Hawk in the first half where he went to the hole and, like, ducked and, like, yeah. I, he, like jackknifed his body and flipped it off the backboard. It's, it's impressive, And he's 6'11". Yeah. And he's 6'11". And when you think about that body type, being 6'11", and the way he can guard um, – it just that's what that's what you know you've been missing because uh Cameron Corn has had some nice moments he really has uh the, the free throws Saturday notwithstanding but of course before that game I think he was like 23 of 24 from the free throw line in ACC play he had been incredible so at the end of the game when you're up by one you run you want Mills to get the ball because he's the best free throw shooter in, in school history they double team him Cameron Corn catches it well Cameron Corrin's uh, you know, an ACC play has been a 90-something percent free-throw shooter. But, of course, he misses one. He's a freshman. He's never shot game-clinching type free-throws like that. Um, so he misses one. I didn't I didn't quite like the fouling that early with nine seconds left, playing the foul game up by three. If there's three or four seconds left, absolutely. Nine seconds left, there's too much stuff that can happen. There can be 
Uh, you know, obviously you can miss a free throw. You're not a great free throw shooting team, even as I said that about Corn. But that's nitpicky about a game that really didn't matter in the grand scheme of things if you win or lose. No, it wasn't coached great down the stretch. It's not like Brownell had a great game either. I mean, they both make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. The biggest play was they could not get a rebound um, with 10 seconds left. Clemson did get a wide open corner yeah, three. Yeah. They miss it, but Florida State can't grab the rebound. If you grab the rebound, you're up by three and you're going to the free throw line to ice the game, but you don't grab it. You know, all of a sudden, Matthew Cleveland's getting three rebound, three or four rebounds a game instead of 12. What's happened? And I'm not... The, I, the kid had a nice game, especially in the second half. Did he all of a sudden, because the double-double streak is over, he's not attacking the glass like he used to? I mean, I'm, I'm asking serious questions because it does not look like the kid that we saw during that streak attacking the glass. And so they're getting, they're getting hurt on the glass, but they're not... There's nothing they do well. So the fact that I just like the fact that they competed. And I know that's such a low bar to clear for a program like this. But man, that was a bar they weren't clearing. So, you know, it's at least they competed. Now they got two road two road games coming up, including at NC State, who's another pretty good team. Um, and then I think Sarah no, I don't know who they Louisville. play on Saturday. Eminently Louisville. winnable. Yeah, there you go. That's an Emily winnable game. So uh yeah, but you know, look, this it would have been a great win because of what it would have said about the team coming back, not only from the Miami debacle, but also getting down 11 to nothing and 16 to two and still finding some gumption to come back and beat a talented team. But you look, man, Clemson has a really good guard that they couldn't cover. And uh, that, that guy made a play at the end of the game to win it. I did not necessarily think it was a foul. I don't like, I guess Cleveland kind of got him with the body, but I think that's maybe one you call if he doesn't make the shot, but when he makes the shot, just we're going to overtime, but whatever. Uh, I, I guess you call that whatever. Uh, it, there was a lot more that wasn't called both ways, uh, but they they did also get very foul happy in the in the second half. Uh, the refs did so it was, but it was just a cool game. Like especially considering Tuesday and what that debacle was, it was cool that Florida State showed some fight. It was entertaining. Clemson's the best team in the league apparently, and you made them go win it in the final three seconds, and you made them go win it. I don't know. You didn't give it to them, right. even up by three. You, they had to make two free throws. Of course, that kid's a great free throw shooter, the kid they fouled, uh, which, again, that wasn't maybe the smartest thing to do. But they had to go make two free throws and then a layup and while getting fouled, quote-unquote, in the final 10 seconds to beat you. So it's not like you just handed them the game. I feel like, give credit to Clemson, they went and took it, and they made some, uh, they made some shots. Yeah, P.J. Hall and Chase Hunter were like, let me see here, 18 of 21 at the line. Yeah, so. and the other kid, Hunter Tyson, Hit six threes and scored 27 points. That's a pretty good trio they got there. Florida State moves a 7-15 and 15 on the year. They are 5-6 and six in conference. As Corey said, they will be in Raleigh Wednesday, taking on NC State at 9 p.m. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. And, I mean, just you know, beat up on the basketball schedule. Help us out today at 7 o'clock, though, conference. All right? Right. Can you do yeah. that for us? Can you do that for us? By the way, not that this is uh, – I, I just was thinking about this because of the – talking about maybe that's not a call you make at the end of a game – I have no problem with them calling the personal foul on Mahomes when pushing him out. I mean, it was a foul. I mean, it was a penalty. He pushed him. Like, there's no need to push him there. That was crazy. Now, did Mahomes flop a little bit? Yeah, of course. But he was also out of bounds, and it's the NFL. It's just there's there's no way that's not called in the second quarter in October. Of course it's going to be. I mean, so it should be called there. But that's just to get me to segue to this is I'm, I'm almost to the point where Tony Romo is unlistenable. What? Really? I, I, I okay. did not enjoy that at all. 
I did not enjoy. He knows, uh, clearly he knows some stuff, but he, I, I just, he yells at you all the time. He doesn't seem to have any, he doesn't have any awareness of like, oh, it's not really fourth down, it's third down or what? Oh, they, he just, he's not really, I, I don't fat, know. It's hard, hard to describe. Fast and loose. He's fast and loose up there. Yeah, he's. Yeah. He's. The, I don't think because he, he hasn't watched the game at home probably since he was like 14 years old. You know, like he's. Yeah. You know, he's been in college. He's probably working on tape for East Illinois or Eastern Illinois or whatever. And he was playing in the NFL for all that time. And I think he went straight to the booth, right? So. I yes, think he, he did. He doesn't know what it's like to watch at home and like what we kind of expect. But I don't know. I think you're being fair. That's a fair criticism. But it's just like I feel like every it's just open season on commentators in this day and age. Everybody gets dunked on. No one's excited enough or they're too over the top. Like, I don't know what people want. Like, do you want Gus Johnson? Do you want Joe Buck? Joe Buck's too laid back. Gus Johnson's too over the top. It's it's a tough it's a tough. But like he he was uh, he talked about there was a play where, oh, it was one of my plays that I talk about where where uh, Burrow just chucks it straight into the ground. Yes. And after a minute, he's like. Literally probably 30 or 5 or 40 seconds. Like, what's this flag doing all the way at the 10? And I'm screaming at the TV because Stephanie can, uh, she can uh, attest to that. It's intentional grounding, doofus. Of course it's intentional grounding. There was no, he wasn't throwing to anybody. And the reason I called him a doofus is because on the replay, you see that he's not throwing to anybody. He's, he's in the pocket. Box, yeah. And then Romo's like, and that's a great throwaway there. I'm like, no, it's not. That's, a, that's intentional grounding. Or it should be. And it was. Um, so yeah, that there was that play. There was a you know there was a that was a crazy game with a lot of weird weird stuff going on. But well, he just whole, the whole he seems to be a stop, step behind the third down stop Mulligan. We're like, oh no, they they blew a whistle that none of us heard because it's so loud in here. It's like it doesn't sound that loud, guys. It's not loud, Tony. You can say something else, but it's not loud because the Chiefs have the ball. What is Arrowhead? Do they not know how football fandom works and they cheer when the Chiefs have the ball and try to make it so Mahomes can't? communicate with his team it's quiet in there when when the Chiefs have the ball and he keeps telling us that now oh, you couldn't hear the whistle because it's so loud in here it's like man what what but anyway and he also didn't know that uh it had been called burrow head yes like when that was said after the game he's like oh and he said burrow head what wow it's like are you not I don't I don't follow the NFL that closely and I'd heard of that you're doing the game and you hadn't heard that it was called Burrowhead, and you didn't pick up on Mahomes talking about the cigar. Like those, these are shots at Burrow and Kel anyway. So, but I mean, I know he's. It just after Greg Olson, who I do like, um, I, and and I don't dislike Tony Romo. I just thought he had a tough day, man. He had, oh, yeah, all right, and he fair. he just yelled. Right. He was very loud. It's like because it's loud in the stadium, he feels like he has to yell at us to be heard. And it's like, buddy, you got a mic an inch and a half from your face. You do not have to scream at us. But anyway, congrats to all the Chiefs fans out there. I'm happy uh, you, got, you guys made And congrats to uh, who do we got in the Super Bowl from uh, Florida State, Aslan? Got Derek Naughty. We got Derek Naughty. Josh yeah. Sweat. Uh, Kando, right? Isn't Kando with the Chiefs? I think so. Yeah, I think he's on IR. I think Marvin's sure. on the practice Counts. squad. For the Eagles, yeah. Yeah, so I, and I think that's – actually, I need to reach out to the – I need to reach out to the KCPR guy because last time they were in the Super Bowl when they lost to the Bucks, uh, they didn't give us uh, – they didn't give us naughties. Like, ah, oh, we're really booked. So I'm going to – I have the email saved because I'm that petty. I'm going to reply right. to that email from 2020 and be like, hey, man, can we get Derek Naughty on the pod? So we'll try to get Derek Naughty maybe, everybody. So uh, 
I think that's. The I think Janor. I think uh, Janoris Robinson might be on the Eagles too, on the practice squad or some somehow. At least that's what Florida State tweeted out. Yeah, they did because I tweeted out that. Uh, you know, I don't. You, you could also claim Landon Dickerson, couldn't you? Yeah, we could. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I mean, know I think, what he claims, I, but yeah. I'll, I'll no, I'm sure he claims Alabama, but and that's why he's in the NFL is because he went to Alabama. But it's like he did go to your school for three years, um, and it's not like any of us can really blame him for jumping ship when he did with when he who he was, what this program was, and then he could go play for Alabama. I don't think many of us, especially if you're a Florida State fan and you love the portal, you can't now be hypocritical and say, yeah, Landon Dickerson's a turncoat. He went on, he 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 spurned Willie Taggart to go play for Nick Saban. What? That's ridiculous. So uh so yeah, I think you could claim Landon Dickerson, but maybe Landon Dickerson isn't in the NFL if he'd have stayed at Florida State. Yeah, actually Janaris is with the Eagles. So's Roger Johnson. Yeah. Hot Rod Johnson out of Missouri, man. Okay. My guy, the missing link. We were waiting for him in fourteen to get ready so that we could, you know, flex Cam yeah. Irving back to center because we weren't getting it done, and then Rod Johnson to the rescue. So we got six, six Knowles in the Super Bowl. How about that? Well, you would think at least one of them would talk to us. <laughs> we'll try. Reach yeah. out, Aslan. Out Make to, it happen. I'll reach out to the Eagles, too. I'll get Marvin just to make everybody angry. He, or a Dickerson. Threat. We probably can't get Landon <laughs> Dickerson, but I can't imagine Janaris and, uh, and, uh, and Marvin are getting a lot of requests. Yeah. We'll see what we can do. And, hey, also shout-out to Brooke and the basketball team. Mm. Uh, the women yeah. moved to 19-5 and five on the season. They, too, had a rough go in the midweek, but then bounced yeah. back, took down Duke 70-57. to 57. I think Duke was a ranked opponent as well, if I'm not mistaken. They were. They were uh, 18th in the country or 16th in the country. There we go. And, uh, yeah, did, I mean, Florida State was up by 20-something in the second half of that game. Yeah. Michaela Timpson uh, led the way. So, Tania Latson played Robin this time around. Michaela Timpson, 21 points, uh, game high, 6-13 from the floor, 9-15 from the stripe. So, Awesome for them. They're, uh, so we do have some basketball. We got a little March Madness for the women. Will you go on the road if they make the Final Four, Corey? Do it. Do it. We'll talk to Michael Langston. He's going to break down recruiting, but we're going to break down. Do we have our first lines, my bookie? Let's go to mybookie.ag, everybody. Use the promo code WARCHANT on your first deposit. You will receive an instant cash back bonus. You can then use it on anything over on MyBookie, whether you want to bet on the NFL, whether you want to maybe wait around for some of these futures to go out there for college football. They also have a casino. You can you can spin the virtual roulette wheel. You can play poker. You can do all that sort of stuff. Right now, our friends at MyBookie.ag got the Eagles a two-and-a-half-point favorite. What? I'm taking the money line right now on the Chiefs. Two-and-a-half points, Corey. Total points, 49-and-a-half. Eagles got a good defense. They do, and I I think I was rooting for the Chiefs because I couldn't envision how the Bengals would win with that offensive line trying to block the Eagles' defensive line. I think Mahomes is such a stupid magician, um, even with half his receiving core hurt, uh, that he can find, if he gets time, he's going to find a way to make that a, a competitive game and a good game. But I don't have an opinion. I'm not giving opinions anymore. Right, all right, I got you. Hey, I told everybody to bet on uh, no, uh, Djokovic, Novak Djokovic, to win the Australian Open at minus 500, but whatever. So we did get one right this week, Corey. So. There you go. Nice, buddy. Good we're trying, work. We're trying to help you, folks. MyBookie.ag again. Use the promo code WARCHANT. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greetings, guys. Big day uh, at FSU, certainly. Uh, there's a lot going on at FSU Junior Day. Uh, certainly kicked off things today. I had over 60 kids there. Uh, Basically, the overview, guys, I mean, I've told you this before. It was kind of similar to what they've done the last two weekends, the setup. Um, The meet and greet was kind of the IPF, buffet, stuff like that. Kids wanted to eat, and they had a little few games that the guys could play, playing the FSU highlights over big screen TVs all the way in there. So it was a lot of fun. And just really just being around each other and the coaches being around you know, different recruits. And then after that, once they did that, they went into more athletic center, got into details as far as breaking down film with coaches, just meeting coach Norvell, spending one-on-one time with coaches, not just film study, but just really personally get to know them and just, um, just really connect with them uh, with a lot of coaches. So really busy day. Um, I'll, I'll just keep to the main highlights guys. Um, Two receivers that I'll start with the receiver position because two guys that really stood out to me were LeWayne McCoy, who's out of Miami Central, and then B.J. Gibson out of Georgia. Um, I think FSU has a really good shot at both of those guys. I would say probably lean towards FSU leading for McCoy, and then I think FSU is right there. Uh, if not the team that's the most consistent I hear around B.J. Gibson. B.J. originally was committed to Tennessee for baseball, uh, he obviously got to see a little bit of FSU with baseball and stuff like that. So he's certainly uh, he's been over to FSU more more than any school. So that's why I tend to lead momentum with FSU for both of those guys. But it's going to be really interesting because you're you're still talking about, you know, they're going to take two more receivers, maybe three. I've, I've heard as many as five. So uh, they could take as many as five. So right now they are a two committed. You got. Josh Trader's still out there, a five-star wide receiver from Chaminade. You also have Chance Robinson, who they're very high on from St. Thomas Aquinas. So you got these two guys. So they're certainly giving themselves a lot of options. I think they're in pretty decent position with both of these guys that are that are coveted. So it's going to be interesting to see how that worked out. Probably the highest rated recruit that was there is Alvin Henderson. He's out of uh, Alabama. Um, a guy that really, really, really was impressed with FSU today. Um, couldn't stop raving about Coach Norvell. The way he approached him was different, where it was more specific about what they do specifically with their running backs. Uh, I think it was really detailed. I cover a lot of that in my recruiting rap. If you go in there and read, you can see just the different aspects of what FSU showed. Uh, for those that don't really know that background, you know, you know, Mike Norvell has is, is got uh, so many guys in the NFL from even from Memphis. I mean, you have Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard with my Cowboys, uh, certainly, uh, you know, Antonio Gibson at Washington. So there's a lot of backs and certainly a lot of illustration. I think he showed 
to Alvin Henderson today about what FSU does with backs, and it really caught his attention. Uh, certainly said FSU is very high. I still think it's FSU Auburn bad, but I think FSU is is certainly a team that has a unique approach that uh, no other team has done, and even Alvin admitted to that today. So that's certainly a, a positive development with FSU there. Then we get to the trenches. A lot of guys in there. Peyton Joseph, 2025 four-star um, uh, offensive lineman. He came out straight and said, look, FSU's number one for me. I don't have a list, but he's like, if I had one, it would be FSU number one. So certainly that's good news. Obviously, the news that everyone was waiting on to see if Joseph Onada, uh, a legacy recruit, a double legacy recruit, actually, was going to get an offer. I was pretty intrigued by the way FSU did that, where they wanted to build a relationship first. They didn't technically offer him a visit, but he was supposed to talk to Norvell later tonight or Atkins and Atkins as well. I think FSU is kind of taking their what they usually do, which is we want to build the relationship and the bond. And then after that, uh, we want to make sure that it didn't just oh you're just a number and we're just offering you. It's like we want to offer you because we feel like uh, you're the guy. And two, Mike Norvell said something interesting. It's kind of his honest approach. He says, I want you to work for it. So um, it's kind of like uh, Norvell's like, I don't care what you're – you know, your your dad played here, your uncle played here. It's like it's it was an honest approach, and it really I could tell Joseph was it resonated with Joseph. Uh, certainly, you still have to see where it goes from here, and that they do offer him. But I I, I like that approach. I like the honest approach, and it was it was pretty cool. Now, one guy did get an offer, offensive tackle Raynor Andrews. He's a new guy that you guys haven't heard a lot about, but he's a guy that FSU has been tracking since last year uh, out of Miami Jackson. Six foot five, uh, certainly uh, he looks the part with everything. Over three hundred pounds. It uh, said FSU's recruiting him at the tackle position. There's no doubt FSU likes him. FSU offered him. I was there at FSU probably when they got there. When I was there, they were maybe there five minutes. I got a call from one of his coaches and said FSU's already offered. It was like so they want they they've been thinking about this over a while. So this wasn't like a. Uh, just up to the minute thing. Uh, he just jumped out of him. I think they've been studying Raynor for a while. Um, he also has several schools in the mix for him that, you know, like Colorado, USF. Um, I think Kentucky is also involved that that is involved in liking him. And I think he's a guy that's going to blow up this spring. So definitely a name to watch. Um, I certainly think that FSU seems to be on his mind. He liked the approach of FSU throughout the weekend where they were they they tre- they told him what was going to be good, what was going to be bad. He's close friends with Daughtry Richardson, who's already on the team. So that was obviously, obviously the comfort was really high. So didn't name a leader, but you kind of sense that FSU kind of looks good there. Another offer was to Nasir Johnson. That's another one you guys haven't heard a lot about. FSU's notorious for these at these junior days. So they, one, they're very intrigued by these prospects. And two, they're probably going to work them out later. So, um, I think in Nasir, what, what caught their attention is is just um, you know, the way he gets off the ball, his hands, and it really – yeah, there's some technique stuff they think they want to clean up, but I think that was one of the main reasons that FSU jumped on board there. Then another top player that was there is Walter Matthews, tight end, uh, four-star, really highly regarded uh, nationally everywhere. I, I would say probably – you know, Florida and Ohio State were probably the teams that I'd heard the most in that recruitment. Maybe some others didn't really hear Florida State as much until 
today when I talked to Walter and he's like, uh, my interest really changed as far as, uh, you know, how much I'd like FSU. So they certainly made a play and a move for Walter. Still work to do. He's going to come back. He wants to bring his dad this time on the visit. So certainly uh, Coach Thompson and, and Norvell did a did a heck of a job, uh, you know, making an impression on just the way they do things, their tight end room, and just the way their tight ends are utilized. So I think that really caught Walter's attention. Thanks again to Michael Langson. You can check out more on recruiting over at warchant.com's premium recruiting board. That's only open to our subscribers, though, so go ahead and sign up. A little bit of programming reminder. Again, 7 o'clock tonight, the ACC will release their football schedule for the 2023 season. We will have live reaction over here on Warchant TV with Corey Clark, Ira Schofield, Jeff Cameron. Again, not in that order. So be with us 7 p.m. live on YouTube, totally free. Corey and I will do a live show Wednesday on YouTube, probably 7 o'clock, maybe 6, but definitely Wednesday evening sometime. And then Corey and I will do a show for you tomorrow, giving you our thoughts on the schedule, even though Corey will have given you his thoughts with Jeff and Ira. But, hey, can't get too much Corey in your diet, everybody, can you? Again, thank you to Michael Langston. And for Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.